Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I am your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on a beautiful May morning. I love this time of year. I think almost everybody universally loves the spring. Well, maybe those of you with severe hay fever don't love it as much, but that change of seasons is just beautiful, and I'm enjoying it very, very much, getting out and doing things with my kids and being able to go on late evening walks and just having a wonderful time in the wonderful weather. I hope you are as well. Vitality Radio, of course, is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful. You can give us a call at 801-292-6662 if you have any questions about anything you hear on the show. Okay, so here is the deal. Lately, I've been doing some deep dives into some specific things, maybe none deeper than brain health. If you were fortunate enough to hear last week's episode with Dr. Dale Bredesen, and I say fortunate because he was on the show, not because it was my show, although, uh, of course, I consider you fortunate to listen to my show. Dr. Bredesen was a wealth of information. I very easily could have talked to him for hours and hours. The information he was providing was brilliant. If you are unaware of who he is, become aware. The best way would be to read his book. It's called The End of Alzheimer's, and it's fantastic. I read it, I don't know, I'm going to say six-ish months ago. And of course, if you're familiar with me, you know that I have a family history of some mental and neurological, or I should say brain and neurological health issues, uh, mental health in terms of you know, depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff have not been an issue. But the brain health stuff, Parkinson's, dementia, those types of things have. And with someone who spends most of his week trying to learn new things to share with you, And uh, with my customers at Vitality Nutrition, the learning aspect of it and then the retention aspect of it have become very, very important. And of course, the last thing I want is to see myself go down the way that my parents did with those brain and neurological issues. And I certainly don't want my kids to have to manage that either. So It's become very important to me. I've dug into it a lot. And what's happened is I've had a lot of questions, a lot of questions, perhaps as many as I've had on any topic that I've uh, delved into in the 13-year history of Vitality Radio. So I want to quickly give you a couple of updates and maybe a little synopsis of what we've learned about brain health over the last little bit. The update is this. Jen, who uh, works with me at Vitality and myself, have both committed to going back through kind of word for word, line for line of what Dr. Bredesen has taught us, plus his book and the other information that we've been able to dig up on brain health. We are working on two things. We're working on a digital and paper version of that information in kind of a synopsis form. I anticipate it won't be 
only a couple pages, but it won't be huge. We're hoping to have it in, you know, three, four, five pages, something like that of information. And what we plan to do is kind of distill down the information to the point where it's very user-friendly, and yet there's enough there for you to understand why you would want to do the things that Dr. Bredesen is recommending. And so we're going to go through that. We're also going to add some things that I've learned outside of my research of uh, Dr. Bredesen. Now, he did write the book, The End of Alzheimer's, and he named it that for, I, I would say, two reasons. I didn't actually ask him, but after reading the book and discussing with him, I can tell that his two passion points with that are first, and it is definitely first, eliminating Alzheimer's. He believes that very few, if any, people should ever get to the point of Alzheimer's. And he restated that multiple times when I interviewed him last week. And again, if you didn't hear that episode, please go back and listen to it. Episode 126, I believe, with Dr. Bredesen on the Vitality Radio podcast. But he basically said that if we get ahead of it, that it's about a 20-year development of this disease, meaning that 20 years before we're diagnosed with Alzheimer's, we are starting to have the symptoms that would indicate that we will be getting Alzheimer's or have the potential to get Alzheimer's. And those symptoms can literally be very, very simple things. And this is not to alarm you, but just to give you an idea, it's uh, this subjective cognitive decline that he talks about, things like forgetting where you put your car keys, why you walked into a room, and having to go back to wherever you were to remember why it is you went back in there in the first place, which is classic Jared St. Clair type stuff. And one of the reasons why I've decided that I need to get on top of this, because I'm 48, almost 49 years old now. And at that age, I'm kind of prime age for 20 years from now or less, getting into that point where a lot of people are starting to get diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is at an all-time high in terms of diagnosis in America. It is, by some people, considered at epidemic levels. And I'll tell you, of all the disease that you could possibly have, I think the vast majority of people would agree that they'll take just about anything over losing their mind. And that is why I think it's so important that we get on top of it now. So Dale Bredesen's first thing is let's prevent it. And that's what I aim to talk to you about and put a ton of information in this document. But we're also going to work on, I think, a series of workshops. I'm anticipating maybe three workshops on brain health that we'll do at Vitality Nutrition. And we may do them multiple times depending on the level of demand that we have. And so stay tuned to Vitality Radio and we'll help you with those two things the physical document that we're going to produce, as well as the actual workshops that we can discuss it and you can do you know, Q&A and stuff like that. Those will be happening, I'm hoping, within the next month. So that's that. The other part that's so fascinating about Dr. Bredesen's work is that he's actually reversed Alzheimer's in a high percentage of the people that have done his protocol. Now, he will be the first to admit to say you've got to do a whole lot more to reverse it than you do to prevent it, which is why we really want to prevent it. And of course, if you prevent it, you never have to worry about reversing it. And reversal doesn't happen in everybody. But considering it's a disease that is incurable, according to medicine, well, it's being cured. And it is awesome, awesome, extremely hopeful. And the science is clear as to what needs to be done. So let me go into a few of the things that I've had the most questions about. First off, the document will talk about the lifestyle stuff. We'll talk about foods. We'll talk about sleep. We'll talk about exercise, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into that today. 
But from a supplemental standpoint, in terms of prevention, he developed a formula with a company called Life Seasons, and it's called NeuroQ. It's N-E-U-R-O-Q. NeuroQ is a fascinating product because I'm just going to tell you that I've been on it now for, I think I'm in my third bottle. So two and a half months or something like that. I'm about halfway through my third bottle. And it's a two a day, real simple to take. I, I actually take two in the morning. I imagine you could take one in the morning, one at night, but I've been taking two in the morning to try and get the old brain power up early in the day where I tend to struggle. I tend to get more clear at night and less clear in the morning. So I take my NeuroQ and I also have recently added magnesium three and eight, which is the first thing that Dr. Bredesen actually mentioned. And I've been taking omega-3s for a long, long time which is the second thing that he mentioned. But NeuroQ is interesting. It has one ingredient in it that has clinically been proven to increase BDNF. Now, BDNF, to really simplify it for you, is critical to that really quick-term or short-term memory stuff. The why did I walk in the next room? Where did I leave my car keys? What was it that I had to do today? All of that type of stuff. And that's the stuff I tend to struggle with. Finding a word. Finding a word has been a real problem for me. As I'm talking, especially one-on-one with my clients at Vitality when I do my nutritional consulting, I sit there and grasp for words way more than I want to do. I know the word. It's on the tip of my tongue. You know the story. You've done it, I'm sure. I've done it a lot. And one of the things that I've noticed Perhaps the thing I've noticed the very most that I love, because I'm not going to tell you that all of a sudden I don't have any memory issues. I'm still struggling with a few areas for sure. I'm still trying to map out that one where it's like, hey, I came in here for something. Well, was it? Which I think is a combination of memory and also my ADD kind of brain that I deal with. So I've got a mixed bag here. But the grabbing the word that I want, oh my goodness. I have noticed a significant difference with it. So what's great is that I'm noticing a difference. I love that. But I am having so many people come into Vitality Nutrition saying, oh my gosh, this stuff is amazing. I just had a client of mine that I've known for years now. I I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, something like that. She's been shopping with us. A fantastic woman. She's a bit older than I am. And she has been concerned about brain health. Same type of stuff. And so she's been on a product that we've sold for years that we've had, frankly, very good results with called Brain Factors. But Brain Factors is being discontinued. The company's actually going out of business. And I told her this and that last time she was in and she said, oh, no, what am I going to do? And I said, well, we're going to find some suitable replacements for sure. But I do have this, NeuroQ. And I told her how I was feeling on it, told her some of the stories I've heard from other clients of ours, and she tried it, and she was so impressed that three days after she bought it, she called me back and said, Jared, I can't believe this. This stuff is night and day, so much more effective than the brain factors I was using, which she really liked. And people don't notice brain stuff that quickly, but what's so cool with NeuroQ is that it is that type of supplement where you can start taking it and you can tell the first day in some cases because that BDNF level comes up right away. Really, really impressive stuff, but it also has a bunch of preventative elements in it to help with brain and neurological inflammation and so on and so forth. So fully in love with NeuroQ, fantastic product, and thanks to a unique relationship that I have with the uh, company, I'm able to actually offer it for less than half 
price. So we're only selling it for $29.99 for a month supply. I don't know how long that price will be on, but that's what we're doing it for right now. And uh, people are loving it. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is this magnesium 3 and 8. Two episodes ago, so now we go back to 124, episode 124, because remember on the podcast, we do a vintage episode and then every Saturday we do a new episode. So there's two every week, one new one and one vintage one. The vintage episode, just an old radio show that I pulled up that I think still has great information that you'll enjoy. But the last two new ones have been dedicated to these two things, Dr. Bredesen and his research, and then magnesium L3 and 8. Magnesium L3 and 8 is really fantastic stuff. Now, I've recently started taking it, and I can't tell you for sure yet, but I think in terms of that word thing, searching for a word that it's even made things better than what I was getting with the neural cue. A little hard to say for sure, but the clinical research on magnesium 3 and 8 that I love, because if you if you know me and you know what I recommend, magnesium is in my vital five like the top five things that every human in America should supplement with. And the reason being is it's a high-level deficiency. 85 to 90% of us are deficient in it, and it's a critical element. It plays a role in over 300 different enzymatic activities inside the body. So when you're deficient in magnesium, you are deficient in so many different areas of health. But what's interesting about magnesium L3 and 8 is that it can cross the blood-brain barrier. It's the only one that I'm aware of that can, and it does put more magnesium in the cerebral spinal fluid, therefore helping to calm the mind and calming the mind, reducing, you know, racing thoughts, that kind of thing. Clinically, what they've proven with magnesium 3 and 8 that is really, really cool is it not only is it great for memory, but it's really, really great for learning learning. I love that, which means that it actually even has a role for, uh, well, any age, really, even children could benefit from magnesium L3 and 8. But as an adult who's concerned about his brain, I have been taking it. And I will say that the jury's still out on it for sure, but I am very, very hopeful after just being on it a couple of weeks. So that one's really, really cool. The other thing that I think is really interesting, and this didn't come from Dr. Bredesen. This is something I've learned for myself over the years of research. People ask me a lot about ADD, ADHD, which I don't personally believe is an actual thing. I think some of us are wired different ways, and some of us are wired in that way, because my focus is phenomenal if it's something I'm really, really interested in. And I don't have a bunch of other things kind of going on, you know, in the background. So if I can tune in, I can focus. But generally speaking, there's a lot of squirrel, you know, type stuff going on for me. And what I found is as I'm educating myself to do Vitality Radio, and then as I'm actually delivering it, I'm on L-theanine and some caffeine. Now, my preference is some natural forms of caffeine. There's a variety of ways to do that. I certainly am never going to recommend you get a Diet Coke for this purpose. But theanine and caffeine help to stimulate and calm at the same time and really seem to help me with mental focus. I have found really, really good benefits from that. So those are some of the supplements that people are using that I highly recommend for these issues. And especially the NeuroQ right now. Wow, our feedback has just been fantastic. Okay, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and cut to a break. I have a show that is a combo of a rant 
and a topic all rolled into one. It has to do with something the FDA is trying to do right now that is absolutely devious. That's probably the best word I can think of for that. And it also has to do with something that you may want to know about and that I, as I've researched it, I'm like, wow, I think this is something I need to know more about. I learned a lot preparing for this show. So it has to do with mental health. It has to do with respiratory health. And it has to do with anti-aging and antioxidant health and wellness. So a lot of stuff covers a lot of categories. I'm really excited to bring it to you. We'll do that on the flip side of this commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk all about something called NAC. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is we don't just sell supplements. We consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I am Jared St. Clair, and I am excited to bring you this next topic about NAC. Like I said, on the other side of the break, it has to do with your respiratory health. It has to do with your mental health. It has to do with anti-inflammatory and antioxidant, anti-aging, anti-a lot of the stuff you don't want. Really, really interesting stuff. And of course, the FDA trying to get in the mix, which they tend to do. I've got a great rant for you on that. But before I get into that, I do want to mention a couple of things. At Vitality Nutrition, we're offering yoga classes. What they've sort of morphed into is yoga for beginners. People like me, I've been to four yoga classes is all. I've missed two of the six that we've done. My fifth one will be this Monday night. We're doing a Monday night and Wednesday night at 7.30. And they are with Amanda Cotter and she is awesome. She's so good. Now, I've never taken yoga from anyone else. I've no one to compare her to, but she's fantastic. I absolutely am loving it. These are small classes, like eight people. We will add more as needed. And uh, right now there's still openings in both of them because the word's just barely getting out. You need to give this a try. If you want to try 
Yoga at Vitality, because it's yoga plus education. She teaches you a little something. We worked on brain health, actually, this last week. Uh, She'll teach you a little something in addition to doing the yoga poses. I have loved it, and I thought yoga was going to be, ugh, I didn't didn't like it. But I love it. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I was sad to miss the classes I had to miss. So I'll be there at least at uh, one or two classes every week as often as I possibly can. But the thing is, we've been offering the first class for five bucks. If you listen to Vitality Radio, which you obviously are, and you're interested, just come in and do a class for free. First class is free. Give it a shot. See what you think. Call us first. Get your name on the list, though, to make sure we have enough space. Bring your yoga mat if you've got one. If you don't, we still have a few that we can loan out, but we'll let you know when you call. 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Come join me in our yoga plus learning classes. They are awesome. The other thing I wanted to mention that I think is really important is, have you noticed all the smiling faces? It has been so nice to see people again, like all of the person, not just their eyes. I have loved it. There are so many more people venturing out, and I don't know what it is. It's different in everybody's brain, I suppose. I personally, as you may know from listening, have not been a mask wearer and uh, don't believe in the efficacy of masks to the largest degree. But there have been so many people who are shedding the masks, and it's been beautiful to see. I've absolutely loved seeing the smiling faces, and I encourage you to let your face shine, your smile shine, and get your oxygen. Oxygen is so good for us. So anyway, absolutely loved it. Wanted to mention that. And now it's time for the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, so we're going to talk about something called NAC today. And this rant, it was going to turn into the primary topic of the show. So we're just going to go roll right into it. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from an article written by Dr. Mercola back in September of 2020. He says, NAC has a long history of use as a first aid remedy for acetaminophen poisoning. That would be Tylenol poisoning. Did you know that Tylenol is responsible for the biggest number of acute liver failure? in this country, above alcohol or any other cause, it's number one. And did you know that NAC, an amino acid, a natural supplement, is what is used in hospitals to pull people out of that? Well, emergency room physicians will administer it in mass doses, very, very high doses, to counteract the overdose of Tylenol. The way it neutralizes the toxic effects of the drug is by recharging glutathione, the most powerful human antioxidant, thereby preventing liver damage. Interestingly, NAC may also be used against COVID-19, according to Dr. Roger Seaholt. I'm going to 
that's a hard name to say, <laughs> Seahilt, I'll say, in the uh, MedCram lecture that he gave. By raising glutathione, it helps combat oxidative stress, which is a main factor in the cytokine storm associated with COVID-19. Now, if I were to say that on Facebook or YouTube, I imagine it would get flagged with a fact checker thing. I'm not saying it combats COVID-19. I'm saying that this doctor says that it certainly could. Going on in the article, it says, a recent literature analysis linked glutathione deficiency to COVID-19 disease severity, meaning the more deficient you were, the more severe your symptoms of COVID-19. So it may be useful in both prevention and treatment. NAC, which stands for N-acetylcysteine, may also combat the abnormal blood clotting seen in many cases and help loosen thick mucus in the lungs. Now, that's the just the beginning of this article to give you an idea of what NAC has kind of been used for. And back in September, it was starting to get a little bit of buzz on COVID-19. Now, all of that started around August of last year. Of course, that was during the heat of the COVID-19 madness. There was a lot of confusion about what did and what didn't help. And, you know, were we going to have enough ventilators and should we be wearing masks and would there ever be a vaccine and so on and so forth, right? It's crazy because we've been inundated with this information so much over the last year that it's almost hard to keep track and even to look back and realize how little we knew six months ago or nine months ago compared to what we know or at least think we know now. Well, if you go back and listen to my shows during that time, you'll hear me ranting about mass censorship of natural remedies for COVID. In China and North Korea, they were having, or South Korea, sorry, they were having excellent success with vitamin C intravenously for COVID. Those articles were wiped from Google. Videos were wiped from YouTube and things were flagged on Facebook or shadow banned. I mean, crazy stuff, the censorship on vitamin C. Because why would anybody want to use vitamin C when they could mask and potentially get a vaccine at some point and social distance and close all the businesses. Of course, we wouldn't want a natural remedy. That wouldn't make anybody any money. Anyway, that's beside the point. But not only were they closing all of that information off to us, censoring it, nobody was talking in the mass media about just building your immune system with exercise, fresh air, hydration, probiotics, or one of a hundred other options to protect yourself from viruses. Now, in one brief interview that I caught, when Anthony Fauci clearly wasn't reading from a script or didn't realize the cameras were rolling or something, he even mentioned that he took vitamin D and vitamin C. But for the most part, media silence and worse, media censorship of all things natural to combat COVID-19 was rampant and still is. At that time, NAC was getting a little bit of buzz, but flying mostly under my radar I was focusing actually a lot on vitamin C at that time because the research was compelling. There were three studies being done in China. I haven't been able to find any information on any of those studies, whether they worked, they didn't work, whatever. But coming out of South Korea at that time, which I also can't find any more information on that, they were curing COVID-19 with high doses of vitamin C and IVs. Well, who knows? Because it's all been wiped and cleaned and much like the information coming out of Wuhan about where this thing may or may not have come from, right? I mean, the politics around this are startling. I don't know how else to put it. But NAC, let's talk about what it is first. <clears throat> it is an amino acid, which means that it's a, a compound from protein. 
And so it's found in most of your protein sources, things like eggs and meats and even vegetable sources of protein. Therefore, it is a natural substance. As a supplement, it has been long used for liver protection and detoxification. It has also been used for its ability to produce glutathione in the human body. Glutathione, as I mentioned before, is a phenomenal antioxidant, perhaps the most powerful antioxidant in the human body, and it has really strong anti-aging properties. According to government records, there are over 1,170 over-the-counter supplements that currently contain NAC. So, why all the rant about NAC? Well, unbeknownst to me back then, NAC had been quietly under fire. In fact, it was under fire back in 2010 as well for other reasons. And what I mean by under fire, because FDA was saying, oh, this stuff's not safe. It needs to be removed from the market. It's an amino acid. It's pretty dang safe. In fact, the only time, even at mass doses with very sick people with liver failure, only when it's been mistakenly given to them at 10 times the massive dose by someone who wasn't reading the chart right, has anybody ever been harmed by NAC in a clinical setting? And there's two cases of that that are known that I could find. So even at massive doses done correctly, it's very, very safe. So it's not a safety issue. So why is FDA concerned about this amino acid? Well, it's interesting because in August, September last year, all of a sudden people started saying, hey, this might help COVID-19. And about that same time, FDA started issuing warning letters to manufacturers of NAC, not saying you can't talk about it for COVID because, of course, they're going to shut down any talk about anything natural for COVID, but saying this isn't even a supplement. This is a drug. It's illegal for you to market this. Well, how can a protein be a drug? How can an amino acid be a drug? I'm going to get to that a little bit further down during the rant, but there's a lot to unpack here, and it's really, really important, and I'm going to do it in chunks, three different areas of emphasis here. Area number one would be, first, how can an amino acid be a drug and not a natural supplement? Second, why is FDA making this claim now that it is a drug and not a supplement? And third, is NAC a legitimate supplement that should be considered for viral infections, and what else is it good for? So, number one, let's go into it. Let me read you an FDA letter that was sent to a manufacturer. Now, this letter is written by bureaucrats. They've got some attorney that churns out these uh, form letters, and then some little bureaucrats in their office are putting those together and piecing in the name of the manufacturer or whatever and sending these things off. So, this is going to be maybe a little confusing, especially since I'm reading it to you rather than you reading it yourself, but we'll, uh, we'll parse through it. This is what the letter says. This is to advise you that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration reviewed your website at the internet address, blah, blah, blah. We observe that you are taking orders for a product called Detox for Hangovers. The claims on your website establish that the product is a drug. Because it is intended for use in the cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of a disease. So it can only be a drug if it is supposed to cure, mitigate, or treat or prevent a disease. Natural products aren't capable of doing that, according to FDA. There is not a natural substance that is not a drug that can cure, mitigate, treat, or prevent a disease. Now, how absurd is that? Does that sound moronic to anybody but me? That natural things aren't capable of doing that? 
Natural things can't prevent disease. Natural things don't have things like antioxidants or anti-inflammatory properties or things that can actually make the human body work better. That is only drugs that can do that, right? Well, legally in America, that is the legal truth. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) Then they said, examples of some of the claims on your website that provide evidence that your product is intended as a drug are as follows. Detox helps reduce hangover symptoms. Natural ingredients, including milk thistle, prickly pear, and NAC, work while you drink, helping to metabolize the toxins that cause hangover symptoms. Helps prevent hangover symptoms. So those are the claims they're making. Now, this is the thing that cracks me up. We're talking about hangovers here, right? Is a hangover a disease? You tell me. A statement claims to mitigate, treat, cure, or prevent disease if it claims explicitly or implicitly that the product has an effect on the characteristic signs or symptoms of a specific disease or class of diseases. A hangover is a sign or symptom of alcohol intoxication, a disease. So according to the FDA, a hangover, well, intoxication is a disease, and the hangover, I guess, would be the after effects of the disease. And so it's illegal to say, I mean, literally illegal to say that a natural product can help with a hangover, even if you can clinically prove that it can and that it does. Now, if alcohol toxicity from acetaminophen, from an overdose, now when we talk about an overdose of acetaminophen or Tylenol, we're talking about usually people trying to kill themselves with Tylenol. But sometimes it's an accidental overdose. They took three doses, thought they'd only taken two, took a fourth dose, and believe it or not, that's enough to put some people into acute liver failure. So regardless of how that person overdosed on Tylenol, NAC can pull them out of it. So it's obviously powerful for liver toxicity. So maybe it might also help with a hangover. But according to FDA, NAC has to be a drug if it can help with a hangover because a hangover is a disease. You see the problem with any of this? Now, first off, letters like these are sent daily to manufacturers of dietary supplements, probably by the dozens. I've received them myself about products that I've developed. These little bureaucrats are sitting in their cubicles sending warning letters to manufacturers about supplements that have ingredients in them that are generally considered as safe because they state unbelievable claims about what they can do for you in the name of protecting the general public. The FDA is protecting you. They're protecting you from natural things that might help you with a quote-unquote disease while simultaneously not protecting you from things that they know can make you sick, but they can also help you with the disease known as pharmaceuticals. Now, in the case of the letter I just read, it's a wild claim about making someone feel less hungover. Heaven forbid that we had a supplement that could do that. Truth be told, due to the threat of a total removal of natural supplements from store shelves, something called DSHEA was passed back in 1993. It allowed for supplements to stay on over-the-counter shelves, thank goodness. But when you are dealing with the mafia, i.e. FDA and Big Pharma, and you'll see how why I say mafia, because it, that is what it is under a classier name, you have to know that there will be some give and take, right? For instance, for years, gangs and mobs have been 
protecting businesses in exchange for protection money. You've heard of that, right? You can stay open. We'll protect you from us if you pay us a little bit of money. We won't burn your business down. So they get to stay in business for a price. Kind of reminds you of how things were with COVID, right? In this case, though, the government said, you can stay in business manufacturing supplements, but under these conditions, you can't tell anybody what they do. Now, is it hard to sell something if you can't tell somebody what it does? What if uh, an auto manufacturer couldn't tell you how many miles to the gallon the car got or how many horsepower it had? What if they couldn't tell you about how the safety features protect you in case of an accident, how airbags work? or seatbelts, or lane change assist, or warnings, blind spots, and all that stuff. What if they couldn't do that? Well, they can, because they're not selling supplements. They're not competing against drugs. But when you're competing against drugs, aka Big Pharma, aka the other arm of the mafia, with the FDA being one side, then you can't say what you can do to help people if you're a manufacturer of one of these supplements and hands are largely tied inside of health food stores as to what we can say about those things. So what are left are what are called structure function claims. That's what legally can be done. And a structure function claim might look like this. If you're selling something for joints, you know, for like arthritis, but well, you can't say arthritis because that's a disease. So for joint health, you might be able to say that the glucosamine in your product helps the structure of the joint. But because a knee joint isn't a disease, that's okay. It's a part of the body. But if that same manufacturer mentions arthritis, which is a disease, then they are breaking the law and will likely get a letter like the one we discussed above. But what if the manufacturer has human clinical evidence that their product actually reduces pain and inflammation from osteoarthritis? Well, that's too bad because it's not a drug. If it were, you could say, what the clinical studies show. There are a few things that the FDA will allow some manufacturers to say if they have enough overwhelming evidence, but they're still very, very mild and weak claims. That causes a lot of confusion with consumers. I get it all the time at Vitality Nutrition. People saying, well, what does this do? It doesn't, on the bottle, it doesn't say what it do. It doesn't even tell me how to take it exactly. Well, manufacturers are very much hamstrung because if they aren't careful about what they say about their product, they can get their product pulled off the market. And that's bad. But they can also get their entire warehouse closed down and seized, all of their products seized. And that happens on a regular basis. And sometimes the FDA comes in with guns to do that. Now, I don't know how you feel about guns. I'm okay with guns. I think people should be able to have whatever guns they want. You know, politically, that's where I'm at on it. But I don't think the FDA should be coming into manufacturing facilities with guns, seizing product, but it's happened. It has happened more than once. So yeah, you got to be careful as a manufacturer because, well, you're competing with the mafia as a supplement manufacturer, and that's just the truth. But if a drug is FDA approved and they've got some evidence that it works, they can say whatever they want about how their drug will fix your disease. You've seen the commercials. You've also seen the 30 seconds at the end of the commercial about how the drug might kill you or otherwise maim you. <laughs> but hey, it's a drug, so it's okay because it's brought to you by big pharma and not by supplement companies. 
yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit two-faced of the FDA, but oh, the government would never do that, right? They're always going to be fair. They're great. So a great example of the idiocy of this restriction, though, is something known as tart cherry juice. Maybe you've heard of it. Tart cherry naturally contains melatonin. Melatonin has loads of research proving it helps with sleep. Tart cherry is a powerful anti-inflammatory with lots of research to back that up as well. Also, tart cherry is a food. It's a food. You can get it off a tree, right? It's super safe. Yet FDA flooded manufacturers of this food with letters and even threatened to close their doors if they didn't stop saying that it helps with sleep and inflammation. That's a different kind of protection money, isn't it? You can stay in business, the FDA says. You just can't tell the scientific truth about your product and therefore, good luck staying in business. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice of them? And here we are in the middle of a quote-unquote pandemic and we have an unapproved by FDA experimental drug known as the COVID vaccine being handed out like candy to everybody that wants one and studied on six-month-olds to see if kids can handle it. And the FDA is fine with that. You know, they put it into use, even though it's not proven. In the typical process, it's still, according to FDA, an experimental drug. So it's a two-edged sword. When it's a drug, there's all kinds of leeway. And when it's a supplement, you can't say that tart cherry with melatonin might help you sleep. You can't say it. It's illegal. It's not really freedom of speech, is it? Something we've lost to a large degree in this country. So that's the first point and most of my rant, but I have a little more rant to go. So why does the FDA seem to have a new interest in squashing NAC as a supplement? Back to NAC. Well, as I stated at the beginning, it's clear to me that FDA and NIH and Anthony Fallacy want us in the dark about natural remedies for COVID-19. Once NAC was being touted as a legitimate option for protection of the lungs and improvement of symptoms, bam, they go back and say, well, NAC isn't even legal to sell because it's been in use as a drug for years. They can't say it doesn't work. They can't say that. They didn't say that NAC and milk thistle and that detox product didn't work for hangovers. They just said you can't say it works for hangovers. Do you see the difference? It's kind of a really big difference. Because if FDA was coming in and saying, we know this doesn't work, or even there is no evidence that this works, you can't say that, I would be totally fine with that. That's how we stop snake oil salesmen. I'm good with that. If there's no evidence that it works, you shouldn't be able to say that it does. That's lying. But if there's evidence that it works, and you can't say that it works based on the evidence, that's the government lying to you, or at least withholding the truth, which no, our government would never do that, right? Yeah. So NAC is interesting. It's an amino acid. It comes from food. It's not technically a pharmaceutical, you know, in that it's some man-made compound. NAC is part of protein. That's what it is. 
but the government won't tell you that it doesn't work. In fact, on their own website, on PubMed, it says that it's been approved in AC for conditions with abnormal viscid or inspissated mucus secretions such as pneumonia, bronchitis, tracheobronchitis, cystic fibrosis, tracheotomy patients, post-operative pulmonary complications, post-traumatic chest conditions, and before diagnostic bronchoscopy to help with mucus plugging. Those are the things FDA says NAC does. That whole list is lung and bronchial stuff. That's what kills people with COVID, usually. So, of course, there might be some benefit for COVID with NAC. Now, are there studies proving it? Well, there are a couple of people that are studying it and showing that it may actually help with that. But they can't say that, not if it's a supplement, only if it's a drug. And even if it's a drug, do you think FDA would actually approve it for the use of COVID? Ask yourself that question. Because they certainly have squashed every other drug short of vaccination that might help with COVID, haven't they? They don't want, for whatever reason, they don't want natural products to help with COVID or even drugs. I questioned that a lot in the early days of COVID, but I think I understand it better now. So what makes a drug a drug? How can an amino acid even be a drug? It's complicated, but it's actually simple. Basically, if a drug manufacturer can study it, prove it works for a specific disease, and patent it before it hits the retail shelves as a supplement, then it is officially a drug, even if it is 100% not actually a drug. Those are the rules. <laughs> and if you've ever filed taxes, you know that the rules when it comes to government don't make any sense a lot of the time. Or if they do make sense, the hoops you got to jump through just to understand what the heck the rules are, are at very, very, very least a challenge. Well, the rules when it comes to FDA and big pharma versus supplement companies, which we constantly hear, well, the supplement industry isn't regulated. Well, bull, it absolutely is. That's why all these letters go out, to regulate the supplement industry, along with the fact that we have certified general manufacturing practices, certified good manufacturing practices, CGMP. Boy, I had to dig for that one. Maybe I need more NeuroQ. We have all these things that FDA oversees when it comes to the supplement industry. Trust me, it's regulated. It just isn't regulated in the same way as the drug industry. But right now, FDA wants to get NAC off the market. That's what it boils down to. They've been sending more and more warning letters and threatening that they will officially make it a drug, thereby removing almost 1,200 supplements from the marketplace. Why? Because it's dangerous? No, absolutely not because it's dangerous. Because it might work too well. And that is competition. And the government doesn't like competition, and neither does the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, so now let's talk about why you want NAC to stay on the market as a supplement. 
liver toxicity and protection. We already talked about what it can do for severe overdose of Tylenol, right? But a total of 80 patients diagnosed with liver toxicity not due to acetaminophen or Tylenol were included in a study where 40 patients received NAC as an infusion for 72 hours, whereas the control group did not. That's the study, 80 patients. And what they were trying to figure out is, would the patients with NAC do better than the patients without NAC? Pretty simple, right? Well, get this, because these numbers are kind of staggering to me. We're talking about severe acute liver failure, which will kill you if not treated, more often than not. The mortality decreased to 28% in those that used NAC versus 53% in the control group. So more than half the people died in the control group, and only 28% of people died in the NAC group. That's big. That means NAC is very, very powerful as a liver detoxification and protection mechanism. But we don't want that on the market. That would be terrible. We don't want healthy livers, right? How about lung health? The one that all the hubbub is about because people have been talking about it for COVID. Clinical evidence that it prevents lung cancer and emphysema exists. Significant clinical evidence. That's pretty cool. What if you have someone who's smoked for 30 years? They shouldn't be able to take NAC to help protect themselves. Someone who's worked in a coal mine, somebody who has a family history of lung disease, they shouldn't be able to take NAC as a supplement because somebody said it might help COVID. Well, we already know that the FDA says it works for pneumonia, bronchitis, tracheobronchitis, cystic fibrosis, and so on. They've already said that. It's used for COPD as well. But why would we want a supplement that could do that? Oh, we don't. We only want drugs to help with disease. We never want supplements to help. That's illegal in America. But how about this? Psychological benefits. I didn't even know about this until I read up on it. A psychiatrist who uh, from Psychology Today who said specifically generally doesn't buy into natural stuff for neurological health. This is what he says. Why does NIC help many people with psychiatric diagnosis? Why does it work across so many conditions? This is the intriguing thing in my eyes, he says. Benefits a result of its anti-inflammatory effects or other mechanism? Or is a clinical level and day-to-day work with patients, NAC seems to help with ruminations, sorry, on a clinical level, with ruminations, with difficult to control extreme negative self-thoughts. Now, listen to that. That is interesting. Because if you struggle with anxiety or depression, bipolar, schizophrenia even, things like that, or if someone you love does, there's excellent clinical evidence showing that NAC can reduce that. Listen to this. Such thoughts are common in depression, anxiety disorders, as well as eating disorders, schizophrenia, OCD, etc. I've seen it help patients with such disorders when many other things, medicines, or psychotherapies have not helped. NAC doesn't always work, but when it does, Troubling, irrational thoughts gradually decrease in intensity and frequency and often fade away. Negative thoughts such as, I'm a bad person, nobody likes me, or ruminations about other people, will that girl like me, or about health issues, do I have AIDS, that can't be quieted by reasonable evidence to the contrary and that keep introducing on one's awareness hour after hour, day after day, despite all rational efforts to control 
those thoughts seem to diminish and sometimes fade away with the introduction of NAC. Or if they continue to occur, they're less distressing and can be observed from more of a distance with less worry or fear, therefore less likely to trigger depression and anxiety. Those are the things that NAC has clinical evidence to help. Now, can a manufacturer say that NAC does those things? No, they cannot. They can't say it, not legally, because NAC isn't a drug. Oh, wait, maybe it is a drug. FDA says that it was on the market being used as a drug before it was on the market being used as a supplement. That's the argument. I don't know which is true. There are people in the natural products industry saying that's not accurate, that it was a supplement before it was ever a drug. But I can tell you what, it was in chicken before FDA started using it as a drug. It was in eggs. It was in these places known as food. Let food be thy medicine. Remember that? NAC is not a drug. It shouldn't be a drug. This is my opinion now. It should be a natural product on natural store shelves doing good things for people who want to protect their health naturally. But as soon as FDA caught wind of possible use for COVID-19, all of a sudden NAC is a drug and they're trying to get rid of it. And we can't stand for it because it belongs on the market. Many of you listening to me right now would benefit from it. I've decided I'll benefit from it. I'm excited to use it as part of my natural brain health regimen. So that's the rant. That's the topic. That's the information that I wanted to share with you. And I actually got it all in in the allotted time, but I do have to go. I really appreciate you listening. If you've not listened to the podcast yet and you're still listening on the radio, and maybe you're someone who just doesn't even know what the heck a podcast looks like or how to get to it, give us a call at Vitality Nutrition. We'll help you find it because the podcast allows you to listen to the whole episode, share it with friends and family, go back and listen to previous episodes, listen to episodes or parts of episodes again, and so on and so on. And we would love for you to be able to do that. It's Vitality Radio Podcast with Jared St. Clair is the full name, and it's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on all the places. Very easy to find. And we'd love to have you there. If you want to join me for some yoga classes, give us a call, 801-292-6662. And last but not least, Amanda Cotter, our yoga instructor, is also a master herbalist, a training homeopath. She has so many certifications it's hard to keep track of. She is an amazing human being and has become one of my best friends. I absolutely adore this person. And she is now doing what I've done for a few years at Vitality Nutrition now uh, called biofeedback testing. If you want to understand what your deficiencies are, toxicities, things that you need to get balanced in your body from a more energetic perspective, she would love to help you. She's taking appointments now, and it is fascinating. Almost everybody that does it absolutely loves it. We would love to have you in, especially if you're trying to figure out what the heck's wrong, where the imbalances are, but blood tests don't show it. You can't figure it out. Everything seems fine, but I don't feel fine. That's the kind of stuff that we'd love to help you with at Vitality. Give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662 if you're interested in a bioenergetic scan or if you have questions about anything else we talked about on Vitality Radio today. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Come see us at Vitality Nutrition or give us a call and we'll be glad to help you with all of your health and nutrition needs. My name is Jared St. Clair and this is Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.